Welcome back to the Fearless Finance Podcast, where we're all about making money simpler and stress-free. As you may know, I've been covering in recent weeks a series on the seven steps to financial well-being. And this episode covers step seven, generating multiple streams of income. Let me start with a story about my dad. He finished school at 15, as you could back then, joined a big company and stayed there all his working life. He took some evening classes, benefited from some promotions and was offered early retirement on a full pension age 50. Well, nice work if you can get it. Factor in that you could buy a nice family home for less than the price of a car today, or in fact a tank of petrol, come to think of it. And financial stability and modest wealth was in most people's reach. Well, fast forward to today, and the financial landscape is altogether different. Firstly, a job for life has gone the way of a dodo. Think about your own career. How many jobs have you had so far? Well, according to estimates, we can expect to have an average of 8 to 10 different careers during our lifetime. Therefore, it's unwise, perhaps, to rely entirely on a job to always meet your financial needs. As the last two years of pandemic has shown us, our jobs are not as permanent as perhaps we once thought. Many have also tasted a new way of working, liberated from that tedious commute, that cubicle life, or workplace politics, and don't ever really want to return. How can we then supplement or replace our income to increase our financial independence and well-being? In this episode, I'm going to look at four different ways. The first one is to utilise existing assets. In his book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki offered the contrarian view that your home wasn't an asset, but in fact a liability. Well, I think it depends on whether you can use it for additional income or not. The growth of services such as Airbnb or My Spare Room have enabled us to rent out part or all of our homes to earn an extra income. Others have gone a step further by converting a garage into guest accommodation or putting a shepherd's hut at the bottom of the garden. But if that's not possible for you, could you maybe host a foreign student for a week or offer your spare room on a Monday to Friday basis? You can even rent your driveway or parking space for quite a tidy sum, depending on where you live. The key here is to get creative and weigh up the income versus the expenditure. Is the juice worth the squeeze? Option number two is to utilise your skills and experience. People talk about this being the knowledge economy where people are willing to pay for your know-how and expertise. And it's easier than ever to create a YouTube channel, a membership site, digital course or even a book. Think you don't have a marketable skill? Well, think again. There's hundreds of examples of people earning significant sums through areas as diverse as knitting, playing the guitar, parenting or indeed being a financial coach. Can you brainstorm what you know and what people might pay you for? One idea is to browse the shelves of a large newsagent or someone like WH Smith if you're here in the UK. Look at the magazines and the range of topics. They might cover things like pets, railway modelling, crafts, home interiors and so on. In all of these and many more topics, there are enough people interested who keep that magazine in print. Now at this point, an imposter syndrome may crop up. You know, that little voice telling you that you're not good enough, experienced enough or qualified enough to set yourself up as an expert. I'm sure many of us have felt that at some point. But here's the thing. You're not claiming to be the world's number one expert or the oracle in your topic. You're just offering information or a service to those who may be interested. Think of it like this. If you wanted to learn to drive, 
You wouldn't try and get hold of Lewis Hamilton for a lesson. You know, assuming he was interested, he'd probably charge you millions and then it would be a totally wrong level based on your current ability. And the same is true when you put your product or service out to the world. There are some potential customers who are going to be at the wrong level or point in time for you. Yet there'll be some for whom your level of expertise is just right at this point. Kind of like the three bears and their porridge. Something to think about is to fail fast and fail forwards. My advice, if you do have an idea for a book, course or products of some kind, is to get going. Too often we wait and procrastinate until the time is just perfect and all the stars have aligned, but we end up not starting anything. It's hard to steer a parked car, continuing with that driving analogy, but you can change course quite easily once you're moving. Okay, option number three is to utilize your time. The third resource which we all have equally is time. Can you utilize your time to gain extra income? This may be as simple as taking an extra shift at work or volunteering for overtime. In the gig economy, could you make some extra cash as an Uber driver or delivery person? Yeah, maybe not your ideal perhaps, but look at the bigger picture. Could six months of a second job help you clear your debts? Okay, well, could you then use that freed up money to invest? Could the growth of your investments help fund the college education for your child, nicer home or early retirement? You see how a snowball effect can be created. I remember once having the mindset that if a business or a side hustle wasn't going to replace my income, then it was not worth starting. The thing is, you can't earn 50,000 a year without first earning 50 pounds a week. One way to utilize your time could be as simple as babysitting or tutoring, selling on eBay or starting an Amazon store. Each has different levels of complexity, but not require a large amount of capital. And at this point, you might be thinking, yeah, okay, I'm busy enough with my work, family and other commitments. There's no time for anything else. I remember a coaching client of mine was a busy mum who wanted to dedicate some time to developing an online business. She found she could earn between £50 and £100 as a tutor and a coach. So together we brainstormed the tasks which she did at home and wondered whether they could be outsourced and at what cost. Turns out she hated ironing and spent over two hours a week doing it. She found a service that would do it for her for £50. Now remember she could earn £50 to £100 per hour and freeing up two hours now made financial sense whilst jettisoning a chore that she didn't enjoy. Then she got on a roll and hired a cleaner, two hours per week saved at a cost of another 50 pounds. At the end of this process, she had a clean house, all the ironing done and freed up four hours per week to work on her business, yielding an immediate payback and who knows what benefit in the future. Food for thought. I wonder how much a chef is. Anyway, so there we are. Three ways to earn multiple streams of income, utilizing your assets, utilizing your skills, and utilizing your time. The fourth way is utilizing your money. Now last week on the podcast, we talked about investments and how to make money grow. I focused mainly on the stock market and would now like to talk about property or real estate. If you're looking to invest in property, two of the methods among many are to improve and flip or to buy to let. Option one, to improve and flip, requires you to find a property in need of restoration or refurbishment. Then you fix it up, either yourself or using contractors. Ideally, you'll have added value and sell it on at a profit. 
All right, so this is a quite a simplistic overview, but if you're interested in this model, there's a host of good books and resources available online. Okay, option two is to buy to let. Here you buy a property with the intention of renting it out, either long-term or on a short-term basis for a holiday or Airbnbs and so on. Now, providing the rent received exceeds the mortgage you pay, you generate a positive cash flow every month. Factor in some periods when it might be empty and anticipated wear and tear and so on, and you can decide whether it's an attractive return on your investment. And if you're lucky enough to be sitting in cash, then it might be even more attractive as inflation rises, bank interest rates remain relatively low. And some people have put off property investing by the lack of liquidity, i.e. the time and trouble it takes in buying and selling a house. Also, the process of borrowing money for this purpose has tightened up significantly since the Wild West days prior to the financial crisis back in 2008. Perhaps we can get a property expert on the show as a future guest. Let me know in the comments or on social media if that's something you'd be interested in and I'll set it up. So there we are, coming to the end of this series on financial well-being. Please go back and listen to any episodes you may have missed. And to recap, I've created an easy-to-remember summary. A is for awareness. B is for building systems. C is for credit score. D is for dealing with debt. E for emotions and mindset. F, future thinking. And G, growing multiple streams of income. Until next time, thank you for listening. And here's to all of our financial well-being. Bye-bye.